Amen. Thank you, Kevin. We're going to spend a few minutes together now thinking on Romans chapter 6. And we're going to read from verses 1 to 14. I think those verses may well appear behind me on the screen, but if you have a Bible, it might be helpful to have that open in front of you. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 14. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin, still live in it. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Linder reading just there. Uh, Now we spent quite a chunk of the past year or two studying the book of uh, Romans as a church family. And we saw in those studies that Paul has a lot to say about what the cross means for our penalty as human beings. That the judgment uh, that should have fallen on us for our rejection of God has instead fallen on Jesus if we have trusted in him. And in chapters 1 to 5 in particular, Paul establishes quite how outrageous that is. Despite the egregiousness of our sin against him, God forgives people because of the cross. And in fact, in Romans 5, he says, That not only is God a gracious God who forgives sin, but that our sin actually serves to amplify God's grace. Chapter 5, verse 20, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. But in the run of Paul's argument, whilst all of that was wonderful news, it also raised a potential objection an objection to the gospel itself. And Paul raises that in chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Or in other words, if God is gracious and forgives sin, and if our sin serves to amplify God's goodness, shouldn't we just carry on sinning? Paul answers that question emphatically in verse 2, by no means. Of course not. 
You're completely forgiven for your sin, for its penalty. But that doesn't mean you should keep on sinning. And the reason he gives for that, the logic for that, is what I want to spend some time reflecting on this evening. Verse 2. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or in other words, of course you shouldn't carry on sinning because if you're a Christian, that isn't who you are anymore. And as we read on, Paul unpacks exactly how that happened. Verse 5, we have been united with Jesus, he says. If you're a Christian, that is true of you this evening. You're someone who is united to Jesus, who is, in Paul's words, in Christ. And that has lots of implications generally. But there are two that Paul highlights in Romans 6, which I hope will help us to reflect on the cross as we come to take communion together this evening. The first is that being united to Jesus means that when Jesus died on the cross, we died. Just look with me at verse 3 again. All of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Your old self, the self that lived under the penalty of sin, and more than that, that lived under the power of sin in your life, has died. We are no longer slaves to sin, is the conclusion, verse 6. Why? Well, because that old self of ours was crucified with the Lord Jesus. See, the cross was the means of death for our old sin-enslaved selves. That's the first implication. And the second implication flows from the first. Just read verse 4 again with me. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Because we are united to Jesus in his death on the cross, well, as he was raised from the dead, we too were raised to walk in resurrection life. Life which, verse 14, isn't, sin isn't ultimately calling the shots anymore. Sin no longer has that power over you. So as a Christian approaching the communion table this evening, what difference does the cross make to you? Well, yes, it means that your penalty is forgiven, wonderfully forgiven. God's right and settled judgment towards you for your rebellion against him has been dealt with by his body on the tree. But the cross hasn't only dealt with the penalty for our sin. It has also dealt with the power of sin over us. As people who have been united to Jesus, there has been a fundamental change in who you are. Because Jesus died, you have died. And you are freed from sin's power over your life. And more than that, because he was raised, well, you can live a new life now. Now, does that mean that we don't sin anymore if we're Christians? Well, no. 
Paul goes on to wrestle with that in the chapters to come. We still wrestle with sin's presence in our lives. But sin's penalty and sin's ultimate power over us has been dealt with. We are new people, able to walk in newness of life if we've trusted in the cross of the Lord Jesus. That is what the cross has achieved for us in the here and now. And isn't that reason to praise him this evening? That our old sinful self was nailed to the cross and we are raised with him, freed from sin's power over us. Let's praise him for that in prayer now and in our hearts over the next few minutes together. Let's pray together. Our God and Father, we praise you for the work of the Lord Jesus on the cross. That though we were under your judgment for having rebelled against you, that our penalty has been forgiven because it was borne by the Lord Jesus. And that though we were once enslaved to sin, to living in hostility towards you. Well, when the Lord Jesus died on the cross, that old self died with him. And we praise you this evening, therefore, that the certainty the cross gives us, that because we died with him, we know too that we have been raised with him to new life, no longer enslaved to sin, but free And so we praise you this evening for that extraordinary truth and pray that in the quiet of our own hearts, as we sing, as we pray, as we read together, and as we take communion over the next few minutes, we would please glorify your name. We ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.